Welcome to the Be Make Multiply Send podcast. My name is Matthew Perry, lead pastor of Arapahoe Road Baptist Church in Centennial, Colorado. For this episode, we will be talking about grieving with hope. I'm glad you stopped by. You'll be glad you did. Hey everybody, Pastor Matt here. Very thankful that we're able to be together on this St. Patrick's Day. Oh, by the way, when it comes to St. Patrick, I do hope that you will take some time to look up more about who St. Patrick is. It's more about more than about drinking green beer and pinching people because they're not wearing green. He was a church planner, an evangelist, and a missionary to Ireland. Um, and, and God used him to win the Irish people to Christ. He has a wonderful, wonderful Christian history that I hope that you'll take time uh, to look up. But that's not the intention of our time together today. Um, while we're going to give you some updates in just a moment, I want to draw your attention to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. And it says this, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Now, I put this up on my Facebook page, but I wanted to talk it through a little bit because um, it may be helping no one else but me, but uh, judging from the reaction to the Facebook page, I think this might be able to be of help to, to quite a few. So um, God called me to the ministry in 1992, and over the years I've learned a lot. Some things I've learned to emulate, and then there's other things that I learned over time that were not actually so. I'm not going to mention any names or mention any dates or anything, but I want to tell you that uh, early on in, uh, in my full-time ministry, which was a few years later, um, early on in my full-time ministry, um, we had a lady at our church that, uh, that passed away. She passed away really not too much longer after I got there. Um, she ended up having cancer that was quick and it was brutal. But she had been married to this fellow for 50-some years. And what was really interesting about them is that whenever they sat in their, in their spot, you know, how churches and people in churches, everybody has their spot. That's why we always joke that we don't really have to take attendance on Sunday mornings. We just look and see whose spot is empty, and then we're able to find out who's there and who's missing. They, they adored each other. Even though they had been married over 50 years, they would look at each other. Maybe it was over 40, but they've been married a long time, but they would look at each other as if they were still dating. Well, during the funeral, I was, I was charged to be leading the singing, and I, I think it was the song Sweet Hour of Prayer. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was because um, I remember the song that got me, or the part of that song that got me choked up was, and now while passing through the air, something like that, farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. And there was such a finality to what that song was saying. And then I would look at the husband and I would remember how encouraging this lady was. And I couldn't get through it. I was just over, so overcome with tears. Um, after the funeral, uh, the leader came along and um, chastised me saying, you know, we've got to be stronger for people like that. We can't allow our emotions to so overcome us that we can't do our job. And I was always one who's wanting to be reliable and, one, and, and dependable. And, you know, wherever you work, you work to be loyal. And so I, I would work on that. I would try to find a spot or find a place 
to where I would be able to accomplish my task and still be able to get through it. It was until I became a full-time pastor that I realized just how off that was. I would even say it's just outright rubbish. And the reason I would say that is this, because when you become a pastor and you're a, you're a shepherd and you're in ministry, what happens to you is you're now with them at birth. You're with them at, at, at weddings, you know, graduations, uh, funerals. You're there for, for the, the birth of their children. Um, you're there through sickness, through pain, through counseling. You're worshiping together. You're going on missions trips together. You're in leadership meetings together. You're in business meetings together. You're doing all of these different activities together. You become a family. Now, knowing where people were coming from, you know, some people were coming from families that really weren't that good. And so we were their family. And so that's, that's what happens in many cases is that your spiritual family becomes tighter than many times your biological family. And it's wonderful if your biological family is part of your spiritual family. And so over time, you begin to realize that um, emotions are not bad. Sometimes we want to we believe that it's all got to be mental and intellectual and we don't want emotions to get in the way because emotions are inherently bad. And honestly, that's, that's just not the case. Emotions are part of all we are. And in fact, uh, I, I remember, you may remember from a couple of weeks ago, uh, where we're talking about this acronym of PERMS. You know, the, we, there's a physical, you know, the emotional, relational, mental, and spiritual aspects of us. So that's why when I come to this passage in 1 Thessalonians 4, when, when we're getting ready, and really this is the reason this is on my mind so much, is because tomorrow um, we're doing the funeral of someone who was beloved, universally beloved in our church. Um, just a wonderful gentleman, wonderful Christian statesman. He, he was just someone that, you know, whenever you talk to him, he was there and he loved being with you. And he just exuded um, just, just Christian love. Well, he was also a very um, huge advocate for me. And he was also someone that whenever we were in any of our meetings, he would be the calming force when all of our personalities would end up um, kind of winning the day, letting the bad part of our emotions kind of get in the way. And so I found myself as I was practicing the funeral message, I was really struggling to get through it. I mean, just ugly crying getting through this. And I've always been an emotional fellow. And every, every, every so often, um, there would be just these things that would be said to me, you know, don't be so emotional. Don't be so hyper. Don't be so this and all that. And that's honestly, that's just the way that God wired me. And I believe it, is, it has helped me along the way. In some areas, it, is, it has hurt me. But it's like anything. You find a way to be able to, to use it for the glory of God and for the good of others. But that's why we look at 1 Thessalonians 4.13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. And he begins to go into the hope that we have, the hope that we have that lasts beyond this life, but then it goes into the next life because of what Christ has done, that we have the hope of heaven and eternal life and Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. 
when we see this happening, we, we realize there, there's just something that's interesting about the, the, the death process. You know, I know that this one that we're going to have the funeral for, I know he's in heaven. His hope was in the resurrected Christ. I know he's in heaven. And I'm sad that he's not here with us right now. And I'm almost surprised at how sad I am that he's not with us right now. Yes, I guess you just sometimes don't realize how important people are to you, even though I knew how important he was to me. But then just knowing that this side of heaven, that we're not going to be able to have any more conversations, that um, he's not going to be there to encourage and to challenge and to, and to move us forward in a, in a way that is godly. And so we, are, we work to see what he emulated from the scriptures and we do the exact same thing. We emulate that not because we want to be like Bill Martin, but because we want to be like Jesus. So there's something in us that we are grieving, but we have hope. Now, this, this takes me back to John 11, where you know, we see the shortest verse in the English Bible in John 11:35, Jesus wept. Why was Jesus weeping? Why was Jesus weeping when he is the resurrection and the life? Well, he's weeping because, one, he lost his friend. Two, the tyranny of sin and death made death a reality that wasn't a part of the original part of creation. Death was not supposed to be a part of that. Adam and Eve, we ushered that in. And so now death is a reality in this world until Christ returns and sets up his his full and literal kingdom. But also he was looking at those that were around them and, and the, the sadness that was around them. And he was overcome. And he wept. And I believe he wept. So we look at this and we recognize that even the, re the one who is the resurrection and life was weeping over death, even though in just a few moments he was going to raise Lazarus back. It's just the reality that death is a reality here in this world to begin with. I think all of those things come together, even as we know that life is there for, for this person that, that I'm, I'm talking about with the funeral tomorrow. I know that even though his body was eaten up with so much, that that's not a reality for him now. We have to just come along and, and, and own the fact that Sometimes the way that this world is, is in its sin and its brokenness and the fact that we're all dead to sin and we're made alive in Christ, but still part of the curse of this world is that the, our physical death is still going to be a reality, even as our spiritual life is a reality. Both of those things work in us to really be, help us move forward in being able to deal with all of the realities that this world has to offer. The funeral tomorrow will not just be a remembrance of this wonderful Christian individual, but this funeral tomorrow is actually going to be a way for us to be able to remember our own our own mortality, I should say. Yeah, immortality spiritually, but not everybody is going to be a Christian that's coming to that funeral tomorrow. Not everybody is a Christian that's going to be watching via live stream. But by the Spirit, we're going to be reminded that even the best of people 
their life will end one day. Just like all of us, our life will end one day, but our life will not end one day. One day, we're going to be standing before the judgment seat of Christ. And our hope is not going to be based on what we did or didn't do. Our hope is going to be our trust in what Christ has done. And if that's a reality for you, if you're wondering, boy, if I were to die right now, I don't know what would happen to me. I want you to know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and rose again so that you could be rescued from your sin and brokenness. He died the death that we deserved. He, he rose again to give us the life that we didn't deserve. By his mercy and by his grace, he did this. So, But for we, for we who are Christians, we're reminded we're not to be uninformed. We will grieve. We're supposed to grieve. That's how we're made. But we're not going to grieve with an absence of hope. No, we're going to grieve with that hope being ever-present. And knowing, as it says in Revelation 19, 6-10, that we're going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to be with all our brothers and sisters in Christ and never have to say goodbye again. And we will be with the Lord. That's our hope. One day I'll see him again, just like I'll see all of my relatives that have, that have been in Christ, all of my friends that have been in Christ. We will see each other again. But the parting is surely hard. But it's not absent of hope. Hope is present. And hope can be present for you. So I, I hope that those of you that um, will be looking in tomorrow, that you'll be reminded of 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. You'll be reminded of 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 5, 1. And that you'll be reminded of Revelation 21, 1 to 4 about what's next in the new heaven and the new earth. All right. Hey, God bless you all. I am so glad we were able to be here together. And if you have any questions for us, please just give us a call or, or check our website. Find a way to be able to connect up with us. Um, we will be more than happy to sit down and talk with you about whether you have this hope that Christ offers. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Be Make Multiply Send podcast. This is a ministry of Arapahoe Road Baptist Church in Centennial, Colorado. For more information about our church, please log on to arbc.net. Or if you want to visit us in person on a Sunday morning, you can come by at 780 East Arapahoe Road in Centennial. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day.